Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget ESPN Radio is your home for the World Series. Every pitch right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. In just a moment, I'm going to have to call out. Call out my favorite person in the world. It's going to pain me to do it, but every now and again, it has to be done. But at the risk of overdoing this, Bubba and Cam, I feel like I need to try and fight back here. Hembo was telling me that Reggie Jackson is not one of the 15 or 20 greatest players in baseball history. I feel like you're essentially discounting what he did in the postseason, which is, not, in my opinion, not the right way to do it. You're holding against him. What, what, what your argument is, well, you can't hold against Ted Williams and Ernie Banks the fact that they never made it into the playoffs. And what I would say is you can't hold it against Reggie Jackson that he did. His biggest moments were moments those guys never had the opportunity to have. Maybe it isn't their fault, but Reggie Jackson, his resume, Kurt Schilling, who obviously right now brings up a lot of other thoughts, that's just taken solely as a baseball player, is not a Hall of Famer if not for his postseason career. Right? 100%. The reason he is a Hall of Fame pitcher is because when the chips were down, he was at his best. The reason Andy Pettit's name would even be raised in a. Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer because of what he did. He probably is, he is anyway at 3,000 hits. But you know what I'm saying? Postseason is where this stuff gets elevated. It should matter more. It should matter more, and it does. I'm not arguing that Reggie Jackson is not a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. What I'm arguing is that Reggie Jackson is not among the 15 or 20 greatest players of all time. That's all that I'm arguing. All right, so I'm just, I'm just sitting here writing down names. So, again, for those of you who are not intimately familiar with our show, there are stat geeks... And then there are stat geeks, and then there's Hembo. This is why people shake nerds. Okay, so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you the people I think you think are the 15 greatest players of all time. Okay. Okay? So I'm just going to start rattling off names. Babe Ruth. Better. Hank Aaron. Better. Now, but, but now are they top 15? Forget about better oh, sure. than Reggie yes, Jackson. obviously. Are those on the list of top 15? Yes. I, I know those ones are, obviously. Willie Mays. Yes. Ty Cobb. Mm-hmm. Stan Musial. Yes. Ted Williams. For sure. Um, uh, um, um, I mean, how, I'm, 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 if we're going back to the beginning of the games here, this is where I don't know. Like, are the Tris Speakers and the Nap Lajaways and the Hannes Wagners, are those guys greater historically pl- players than Reggie Jackson? They are, but let's, we can even go more contemporary to get us to 15. Like Mike Schmidt. Mike, Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Frank Robinson. They're not that contemporary. Ricky Ken Henderson. Griffey Jr. Griff- Ken Griffey Jr. or Reggie Jackson. I would say when you consider the postseason, I would take Reggie. A-Rod. Well, for sure, A-Rod, if you don't. But Barry Bonds. Stero- both steroid stuff. You know? They're both better players than Reggie Jackson is. 
See, that's what frustrates Joe me Morgan, in this conversation. Carl Yastrzemski. Johnny Bench. Cal Ripken Jr. Like, we're talking about royalty here. Reggie Jackson is... Yogi Berra, Joe DiMaggio. Like, so Reggie Jackson's, like, perhaps number one in the, like, the who do I want up if I need it list. Yeah. But that doesn't make him a top 15 to 20 player all time. Like, baseball is a body of work sport. You play, you play a couple decades and you wind up on lists like this. Reggie Jackson was brilliant in the postseason, brilliant in the World Series. But he's not a top 20 player of all time. Okay, Greeny with you here. Let's not, let's not uh, debate this any further because it's not a good topic for a, the middle of October with all the stuff we have going on. But you sidetracked me with it. In the meantime, I need to call out my favorite person in the world. And it's going to pain me to do it, but I will do it. After I tell you that starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, guys. So, um, you know, it is, it is the subject of much fodder on the Internet, on social media, and everything else. How much time my wife and I spend together. Stace and I, we join social media together. People have their share of fun with that, which I enjoy. Shout out to my guy, PFT. Um, But so it pains me to have to call her out, but I think I do. Bubba, I'm going to address this to you because many people may not know this, but Bubba, long before his now brilliant and storied career, in radio production, Bubba was a stand-up comic and, and, and a very well-known one. And you, people comment all the time on how funny he is here, his delivery and everything else. Bubba was a successful touring comic. Right. He toured with Lenny Bruce. I mean, you know, we're talking about the legends open for well, Woody Allen, yeah, open school, for Richard yeah. Pryor in The Village. So, so he's, he's got a, a, a long and, and illustrious history. So there was a comedian. I hope I'm going to say his last name right. His name is Nate Bargatze or Bargatze? Bargatze, yeah. Bargatze. Bargatze. You got it, yep. Okay, so a week ago, he played, uh, he, he did a, a concert, a stand-up show at Radio City Music Hall here in New York. Uh, he was someone with whom I was not familiar, but I do love stand-up comedy. And Stace and our friends, Robert and Elizabeth, wanted to go see him. They're all fans. So I went. It was fun. I wasn't, I, I went in with no preconceived notions. He was sensational. The guy was sensational. I loved it from start to finish. He was incredibly funny. They actually had good warm-up comedians also, you know, the earlier acts. So it was great. I had a fantastic time. But I have a complaint. So I'm sitting there. Stace is sitting next to me. I got people all around us. It's Radio City. It's full, right? He, he, he the guy sells out Radio City. A comedian to sell out whatever that is, three, 4,000 people. Pretty big spot. Stace, at one point, shushes me. And tells me I'm laughing too loudly. Too loudly. I ask you. What? Can you laugh too loudly at a comedy show? Too loudly? Too loudly. I mean, is, is there any chance that Nate, what's his last name? Bargatze? Bargatze? Yes. Nate Bargatze? Is there any chance he was thinking, boy, I wish that guy would stop laughing so loudly? The whole function of being there is to laugh loudly. That's what I was there for. I was there for an hour of loud laughing. I literally LOL'd. I LOL'd for an hour. And she kept saying, shush, shush, you're bothering everyone around us. And I said, I don't think I'm bothering them. If I'm, I'm laughing along with the comedian. I'm not laughing at the wrong times. I'm not laughing at inappropriate things. He happens to be, by the way, totally clean. He did not, did not swear. 
right. once in the entire show, which wouldn't have bothered me either way. But whatever. My point is, there was no moment where like half the audience is uncomfortable. Nothing. It was just pure funny from start to finish. And so I ask you, Bubba, with your long and storied history in comedy, is there any such thing as laughing too loudly at a comedy show? Uh, well, first of all, Radio City's uh, 5,900, okay, so that's, 6, that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid crowd for old Nate. Good for him. Huge. Um, but no, I mean- He's I, tremendous, Yeah, he's way. awesome. I, I haven't seen him live, but I've seen his stuff uh, you know, online and stuff. He's great. What you referenced there is kind of the only thing, is if you're laughing at, at the wrong time. But I mean, I, you know, I listen to a, a ton of comedian podcasts and different things, and they always talk about comedy is all about the relationship with the audience, and they feed off the relationship with the audience. So if you are laughing- at the and, and just enjoying themselves, they know the jokes are hitting. They're having a good time. It's kind of it's essentially just like athletes. When the, the crowd is into it, they're going to be getting. They're going to be better at their game. So if the, if the if the people in the in the crowd are laughing at the right time, and you're having a great time, they're going to be good. Now, if you're for some reason just randomly laughing at the complete clearly wrong times. I would say, yeah, that's a little weird. But I, I have no doubt you weren't, you weren't doing that. You were just laughing, just normal reaction, laughter. And I, I have no issue with that whatsoever. And I don't think you can laugh too hard because you're giving an honest reaction, and that's what you're supposed to do at a comedy show. That's correct. Now, what she would tell you, because this conversation spilled over into the dinner afterwards, mm. was that the people she's seated to my right. There's a, another couple to my left. I was about to say a married couple. I guess I don't know that. But just a couple to my left. That they were, weren't with you. Is what you're to, they were not with us. No, we just were seated next to them. She would say that they kept looking over at me like I was disturbing their enjoyment of the show because I was laughing so demonstrably and, and perhaps even moving around a little bit in my seat in laughter. What I've not yet mentioned is that prior to the beginning of the show, we all had dinner. And drinks? I had a lot to drink. <laughs> so so I, I was a little bit, let's just, I mean, I was... What's the expression? How many sheets to the wind? I was a few of those. What is the expression? Three. Three sheets to the wind? All right, so I was like nine sheets to the wind. But again, I would, I will absolutely on my, on anything, swear that I was just laughing with the things he said at the right times, perhaps a bit loudly. Now, there is one other thing I would add. When I laugh hard, I tend to snort a little <laughs> bit. I don't do it on purpose. But if I get laughing, <laughs> I do a little bit of that. And she would say, and she said this very much after the concert was over, that I was snorting a lot. <laughs> now, I didn't even really notice that. Because, you know, in the moment, I was just kind of caught up in the, and he's very, very funny. So I really feel like I was, I feel like I was unfairly defamed by, by my wife in this Debate that 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 there is my my general thesis, Baba, is that there is no such thing as laughing too loudly right. at a comedy. Yeah, show. I mean, I think if a lot of times I find laughter is contagious. So if you're if you're laughing and you find other people laughing, you're going to laugh more. And if I'm going to go to a comedy show and my complaint is that other people were laughing, I mean, that's insane. The, the complaints are going to be he wasn't funny, you know, all, whatever it was. If I if I come in and say to Cam, I went to a comedy show, and the person next to me was laughing too much, that's I can't even imagine saying that. So I, I think you were 100% in the right here, snorting or not snorting. That's, you know, people laugh. That's how it, that's how it happens. So, you know, I, I can't imagine the only person who was laughing loud there. Plus, again, you're in – 
a, a room with 6,000 other people. So this is a huge area. I mean, it's not like you were just, it was just you and three other people in the room and you were losing it. And he wasn't funny. Nate is very funny. He's funny. So, so that's, that's another huge part of this. If this was a guy who wasn't funny and you were the only person laughing, that would be weird too. But he is insanely funny. So you were laughing along with probably 5,500 people that, that were probably laughing at the same time. You were 100% on the right here. Sorry, Stacey. No, no, You're no, wrong here. I'm Team Stacey here. You've I, never even been to a, a I am, comedy show. I'm also kind of Team Stacey I'm Team Stacey here. here. Cam, tell us oh, why. Oh, come on. Cam, tell us why. Cam, well, why are you Team Stacey here? Uh, I'll, I'll just say it's funny that Greeny front-loaded the story with, basically at the beginning of the story, you were just laughing. And then by the end of the story, people were looking at you, you were drunk, and you were snorting. <laughs> like, we didn't get any of that at the start I was of the escorted story. out by security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, were you allowed back? Like, at, at the end of the story, you, you were drunk. Were, you were drunk, you, you were, were drunk. snorting, you were disrupting people around you at the start of the story. As long as, as, long no, as no, you no, weren't no. vaping. You Greeny, were just, you're the guy just that, laughing. that cries so hard at the funeral to make it about you. You're the guy that sings so loud at the concert to make it about you. I. This is coming from the guy. I'm happy to say this. I turned around when I was, I, was, I was at a Taylor Swift concert in May. I turned around and I asked some mother of a 15-year-old girl to tell her a child to stop singing Enchanted so loudly. All right? This is a thing. You broke the unwritten rule. That's ridiculous. Overdo Wait. it. That's, that's over- also ridiculous. Do it. No, no. Stop. Just stop. Any way that a 15-year-old girl chooses to behave at a Taylor Swift concert is appropriate. She was bellowing enchanted. I agree. That's what, yeah, what Hembo soul. said is absurd. No, here's where it's inappropriate. And, and Bubba will know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're making out at Schindler's List, Correct. I was at a comedy show. <laughs> I'm there to laugh. There was a Seinfeld episode. See, Hembo's hearing of this for the first time because <laughs> he knows less about pop culture than, than my grandmother but did. But it shows how funny it is still. It's still but funny to him. He and his girlfriend, later. have his parents have been staying with him for a long time, so he and his girlfriend have not been together in a while. So they go see Schindler's <laughs> List, and they get caught making out in the theater, and then his mother is horrified that they were making out during Schindler's List. That's the, I was not making out during Schindler's List. I was laughing along with the comedian. I was not escorted out. There may have been a dirty look here or there. I'm not, ah. I'm not, there may have been. But, I mean, I was laughing very hard. In, at, at the appropriate moments, I would suggest, in my own defense, I do not think there is any such thing as laughing too loudly at a comedy show. All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Greeny with you. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Coming up next is my favorite tweet of the entire NFL season because it tells the best story in the sport this year. That's next. Greeny on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. 
Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. This is the song that a 15-year-old girl was singing too loudly behind you at the Taylor Swift concert, so you asked her to be quiet? No, no, no. I asked her mother, or her chaperone, whomever it was. You asked the older woman who was with her to ask her to be quiet. I did. Because you're a doofus. I wasn't going to shush shush a 15-year-old girl. Well, I mean, indirectly you did. For the record, Stace has texted me. She was listening, and she said... Uh, you were too loud. Everyone was laughing, but you were by far the loudest and snorting. That, that's her take on it once again. I will maintain and I will take this to my grave. You cannot laugh too loudly at a comedy show. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. Okay, uh, and this one is actually my favorite tweet of the entire NFL season, and it is from our friend Mr. Field Yates. Here's what Yates tweeted yesterday. Over his last 17 games, the equivalent of a full NFL regular season, here are the numbers on Jared Goff. His completion percentage is almost 68%. He's thrown for almost 4,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, four interceptions. The Lions are 13-4 and four in those games. So what what I'm trying to tell you is that the entire NFL world is missing two incredible stories. Let's start with the individual one. This is a story about redemption. Jared Goff was the first pick in the draft. Well, before he was the first pick in the draft, he was the chosen one. He was in that Elite 11 thing. He was started his first game as a freshman at Cal. He was supposed to be the next great one from the time he was in high school. We talked earlier about Bryce Harper being a prodigy. Jared Goff was a prodigy. Was great in college, was the first pick in the draft, came to the Rams, and when they got Sean McVay in there, they became dynamite, and they made it to the Super Bowl. Two years later, they had given up on him completely. Depending on whose version of the event you listened to, there were whatever the reasons were, they were. He had worn out his welcome in L.A., and you saw what happened. 
They were forced to give him away. They were forced to beg the lions to take him off their hands. And the world perceived that as the lions just getting a bridge quarterback just so they could get the draft picks and going forward eventually with someone else. And it made it all the worse when Matthew Stafford goes to L.A. and wins the Super Bowl in his first year. The Jared Goff book at that moment felt as though it had been written. He is rewriting it. Jared Goff is an elite NFL quarterback. He is playing elite football. So that's the small picture. It is about the resurrection of a player's career, the rewriting of his legacy right before our eyes. How old isn't he? We talk about Jared Goff like he's been in the league 100 years. Jared Goff is still a fairly young player. How old is Goff? He turned 29 three days ago. Jared Goff is 29. Sometimes I think we act like he's 36. Jared Goff is 29. He's the best quarterback in the NFC right now. The best. Inclusive of whoever you want. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts. Not even sure who else would go in the conversation. Jared Goff has played the best. Now let's go to the bigger picture. The Lions are the best team in the NFC. If not for an overtime loss to Seattle, they'd be unbeaten. And because that loss came in week two, we didn't pay any attention. And San Francisco was winning games and Philly was winning games. Detroit has looked infinitely better than the Eagles from jump. And oh, by the way, their schedule is a cakewalk, comparatively speaking. I'm here to tell you right now, the Lions are going to finish with the one seed in the NFC. Their division is awful. They went into Green Bay and obliterated them. They'll beat them again. Minnesota, Chicago, what are we talking about? They're going to win. They will run the, the, the table in their division. They're playing the AFC West, which is a bad division, and they already beat the only good team in it. They beat Kansas City on the road. They still have games with Denver coming up, the Raiders coming up. They're going to win like 14 games. The Lions are going to be like 13 or 14 wins this year. They're going to win the NFC. And I'm going to make my final point, Hembo, and I'm going to give it to you with this. Because this had you written all over it this morning. When people were coming on with, you, can't, you have to be able to win more than one way on Get Up. That, I just know those stats came from you, that all of them were firing at me. Cowboys, can they win more than one way? Eagles, can they win more than one way? The 49ers can the 49ers can win more than one way. So can the Lions. We're talking about a sport where no one has an offensive line. The Lions have an offensive line. The Lions have as good a pass rusher as there is in the league, inclusive of everyone. Miles Garrett, anybody else you want to put in the conversation. Aiden Hutchinson is extraordinary. Their defense is excellent. Their running backs are banged up right now, but they'll get them back. Jamison Williams is back. Amon Ross St. Brown. That kid they drafted a tight end is terrific. The Lions are the best team in the NFC. At some point, everyone will notice that. Well, so far, Vegas has not noticed it. So this is an opportunity for us to make a few shekels. Because I'm looking right now at the live odds on Caesars for the best odds to win the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers are plus 160. Philly is 3-1. to one. Dallas is 5.5-1. to one. And the Lions are a 6-1 to one long shot. To win the NFC. You want to play it? What do you guys think? What do you want to play? Bubba? See, I can't ask Bubba to do this because that's betting against your team. I, I wouldn't do it. Like, if, if I thought, if the Jets were one of the contenders, even with the Jets where they are, and I don't even think they're a legitimate contender unless the miracle happens and Rodgers does come back, I wouldn't bet that. 
I wouldn't bet any AFC team to go because I just don't want to root against myself. So, Bubba, do you want to recuse yourself from betting on the Lions? Well, I would say it's everyone here is going to be betting against their team. No, but Hembo has no soul. So he'll do it. <laughs> Hembo will bet against the Eagles for sure he, because he is a, he is a soulless um, you know, sort. He just doesn't care. Cam, would you? Would you, would you bet on the, the Lions right now at 6-1? to one, or the, What did we say the Eagles were? The Eagles are 3-1. Three 3-1. to one. Three to one. Which of those bets do you like better? The Eagles. Do you think the Eagles are better than the Lions? Not playing like it right now, but it's week six, and the Lions need to prove that they can win the playoffs too. I think the Lions could very well end up as the number one seed, but getting to the Super Bowl is a different story. So proving you, you can win in the playoffs, I, I understand that notion, but I do think that the Lions, at least in some sense, have proven that they can win in playoff-like atmospheres. They ended last season by winning in Lambeau in a game they didn't, that didn't matter to them, and they still showed up. Yep. We saw them win in Arrowhead. We've seen them win in Lambeau again this year. They just won in Tampa. Tampa had only had one loss. Like, I don't know how many more things the Lions have to show. Like, do I consider them the favorite, like the clear fit? No, but what we thought was a two- or three-horse race there's no, there's no race that does not include the Lions. They're getting top five quarterback play. They have an absolutely loaded roster. We love their coach. They have every ingredient to make a run. Let me throw Philadelphia's remaining schedule at you, can I? They've got the Dolphins this week. They still have Dallas twice. They still have Kansas City. They still have San Francisco. They have at Seattle. That is a murderer's row of a schedule oh, they I mean, have the, coming up. The, the Detroit Lions have... By a long shot, the easiest remaining schedule among the NFC contenders. The Eagles and Cowboys are going to get in a tussle for who wins the division, but the one seed's going to come out of the north or the west. That, I think it's going to come down to injury, likely, but the, the, the Lions definitely have the clearest path to the one seed, which is something that they have literally never had since they started seeding in 1990. Yeah. Let, let me look at San Francisco's remaining schedule real quick here. It does not appear that any of their injuries, thankfully, the last thing, there's nothing I hate more than when big games are decided by injury. It does not feel as though um, any of those injuries are huge ones. So the 49ers get Minnesota. Is that a Monday night game? They're at Minnesota. Is that the Monday night game this week? Mm -hmm. Niners-Vikings? I think it is. So we have that game this week. They still have Cincinnati. That's not easy. At Jacksonville. That's not easy. They're at Seattle. They go to the Eagles. They got the Ravens. They're scheduled to the Lions have a much easier remaining strength of schedule than the 49ers and certainly than the two NFC East teams. And they have, 49ers fans are going to steadfastly disagree with this, but they have a better roster. The, the Lions are already really banged up, and you would never tell by looking at the results. The 49 like if, if, for example, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, which, by the way, he pretty much always does. And he for, is now. The, the 49ers, he, he's, he's not out for the season, mercifully, but, but if, if Christian McCaffrey is either much less than 100% or misses games or whatever, especially in the playoffs, that team's going to be operating at a significant deficit. One through 10, I've said it many times, the 49ers have the best team in all of football. But players 11 through 53, the Lions are better, Philly's better, and the Cowboys are probably better too. That, that's a huge thing here. Like, what happens when attrition sets in? I actually have a lot of confidence in the Lions, their depth, their process, their coaching to get the most out of their roster. By the time you get to, the, to, to week 18, to the second round of the playoffs, the, the, the injury port is a laundry list. I think the Lions are very well equipped to do some serious damage in the playoffs. Greeny on ESPN Radio. By the way, Bubs, here are the, the leaders. I'm not sure if that's the right word. Here are the players with the shortest odds at Caesars to win MVP this year. Two is three and a half to one. Mahomes is four and a half to one. Take him out. 
there's no way Mahomes wins it this year unless he just goes insane. That, that is a narrative award. Mahomes would have to throw 50 touchdowns to have any chance to be considered here. They'll give it to anyone before they give it to him again. Brock Purdy is 7-1. to one. Josh Allen is 8.5-1. to one. So is Jalen Hurts. McCaffrey is 10 to 1. Trevor Lawrence and Lamar are 20 to 1. Jared Goff is 22 to 1. Mm. And Joe Burrow is 28 to 1. Of all of those, I'm not suggesting by any means that Goff is the likeliest to win it, but at 22 to 1, is that tasty? It's tasty because historically, the MVP is a quarterback on the one seat. Yeah. I mean, that's what you think is going to happen. I could absolutely see it. I like that better than my bet about them going to the NFC. So to you'll, the Super Bowl. you'd rather play golf at 22 to 1. 22 to 1. To win the award than 6 to 1 to get to the Super Bowl. Yes. I agree. I like that. How do we like that? Maybe as you a double them up. Group? I well, like you, that because I have so much confidence in them running the table in the regular season and right. not getting to the Super Bowl. So I think if a, if golf's a big reason why, then it's going to happen. That's I, a good don't point. Under, I don't understand how Jalen Hurts is still 8.5 to 1. He's played not that great this season. A long year, though. I mean, he has. So, so actually, that segues us to our next point here. So let, let's slide into that if we can, because the scoop. Uh, an executive at ESPN many, many years ago, Norby Williamson is his name. Well, well, no, people who know the business know Norby. Once said to me, "Your primary objective should be to make people smarter sports fans." So let's try and make people smarter with this conversation about Jalen Hurts. Is he playing? less well than he played a year ago is his this trajectory that he had that just seemed to be like shoot like a rocket ship to the stars has that ceased and i've got two perfect people to participate in this conversation because if nothing else the best anecdotal evidence comes from the fans and hembo and cam both being eagle fans will have watched every snap he has taken this season and every season here's my observation not watching all of it We know that he doesn't have the coordinator anymore, and Shane Steichen obviously is an excellent coach. He's doing a very good job in Indianapolis. They had a great rapport. So not having the offensive coordinator, that has to be a factor. What factor? Who the heck knows? But here's what I'm noticing. What happened to him running with the ball? The the reason Jalen Hurts was an unstoppable force last year was that when you watched them play, The quarterback run was a lethal part of that offense. I know he was flinging it to Devontae and A.J. Brown. I I know they had other components to that offense, and I know the statistics would tell you, I believe he was number one from the pocket last year in the whole league. Do I have that right? You do. He was number one. But that's not what made them so good. What made them so good was he was able to do all that stuff, and oh, by the way, he's going to kill you with the quarterback run. So my observation from 35,000 feet or, or from, you know, the relative distance at which I sit is that one of two things has happened. A, they got gun shy because he got hurt late in the year last year. I guess these are both the same thing. B, he got paid all that money during the off season. And there was like, I'm, I'm just envisioning like a meeting where they all got together, the coach and the general manager and the, and the owner. And they said, you know what? Even though it may be taking away one of the things that makes him so special. we got to run him less, particularly early in the season. When it gets late and these games become magnified and certainly when we get to the playoffs, then hell yes, all hands on deck. But it's sort of like emptying your bullpen for a game in May. It may not be worth it because if we're going to get Jalen banged up and he's not healthy for the rest of the season, then that's going to affect us when it matters the most. So that is my observation from a distance, and that is my theory 
on why it's happening. Before I get the numbers, because Hembo is going to give me numbers, Cam, just observationally, as an Eagles fan, what are you seeing? I think it is still more so the play calling. Like I said during the Jets game, that was kind of the culmination of that. I think Jalen Hurts has not been as decisive this season. I think there was a stat on Get Up this morning that he's holding the ball longer almost than any other quarterback. And I think something you pointed out, Greeny, that they are not running him as much. We kind of saw the same thing, obviously, smaller scale with Justin Fields. Like, he's not running as much, and that takes away a dimension of his game. So I think Jalen Hurts, because he's not running as much, maybe that's also play calling too. He's not trusting himself as much when he's in the passing game, and he's making more mistakes, I think, because they're setting him up for not as uh, high percentage plays because he keeps you know, not trusting what he's seeing, and the more he does that, the more he second-guesses himself. Hembo, before you give me numbers, I know you're going to have a million numbers, but in the game this week against the Jets, a game they led the entire day, they let him turn the ball over all those times. He threw the ball 46 times. They ran it 22. In a game that they were winning at one point, was it 14-3? It was never 14-0, I don't think. I think it was 14-3. They, they were ahead the whole game. He threw it 46 times. Explain it to me. Yeah, the Eagles dropped back to pass on 73% of their plays in that game, which is, by a long shot, the most they had in a game this year or last year. When it comes to the rushing, these are easy numbers to find, so here they are. So through six games, Jalen Hurts has 14 fewer rush attempts this year than last year and 10 fewer designed rush attempts this year than last year. It's a significant difference, but it's not a chasm. They're also throwing the ball a lot more on early downs, first and second down. Last year, they did so 51% of the time. This year, it's up to 57. So yes, your observation is true. He's running less, and they are designing the offense to have him throw the ball more. Yes, sir. Can I ask a question? Please. Does the tush-push count as designed runs? It does. I'm convinced they're doing more of that and less of the other stuff. I'm not talking about the tush-push. I get it. He benches, not benches, what does he do? Squats, 600 pounds. Mm -hmm. He does that great. I'm talking about he takes the snap, he fakes the handoff, he runs to his right, he's got those two big offensive linemen in front of him, and he's running. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the tush-push. Okay. I'm sure we can't separate we those can. stats so easily. We can. I feel like there's less of that. That's something I definitely can look up. But what I want to do is piggyback on what Cam said regarding the processing, the indecision, a conversation that we have had about Justin Fields. We have to be fair and, and, and be the same and, and evaluate the same across the board. Jalen Hurts is not seeing the field well, definitively. The Eagles had the second best offensive line this year when it comes to pass protection. And despite the fact that he was pressured 20 times against the Jets, the Eagles offensive line still won three-fourths of those plays in that game. So those were quarterback pressures, not offensive line pressures. And Jalen Hurts in each of the last two games has been running like a chicken with his head cut off behind the line of scrimmage trying to find stuff. His average snap to pass time, 3.1 seconds this year, is more than a quarter second longer on average than it was last year. That might not sound like a lot. It is an eternity. It's the difference between being the second slowest and effectively league average. He was sort of coached out of lots and lots of bad habits last year by Shane Steichen. The reason he was benched to Alabama, the reason he had to transfer to Oklahoma and had to be resurrected there was because of the same stuff that ailed him last week against the Jets. Brian Johnson is a really good coach, but they've been friends for as long as he's been alive. Like that, they're family friends. 
Can you coach Jalen Hurts hard if you've known him since he was five years old? That's what I'm worried about, is that Jalen Hurts has now creeped back into playing with these sort of bad habits that ailed him, which was the reason he was a second-round pick and not the reason he was, I don't know, the first pick in the country. Right. And these things are starting to add up, and for the first time, it manifested in, in an Eagles loss. Yep, that's, not, that's why I keep coming back to it. I believe when push comes to shove, the Lions are the best team. Coming up next, I have unsolicited advice that I have been waiting to offer since Saturday. That's next on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. The Browns defensive coordinator was the best acquisition any team made all offseason. Would that be an overreaction? Bubba. Sorry, I missed the question. I throw questions at you all the time. No, I mean, I'd say my success rate is probably 99.9%. A few moments later. How do I do, by the way, on the pigskin pick and picks this week? Take a look. <laughs> we have the most prepared. Bubba, I don't want this show to get in the way of all the other things you do. When you call someone like during the middle of the day, you ask, like, is this a bad time? Is this a reasonable time for me to ask you a question <laughs> about the show? This is Greeny. That's Bubba. He is yeah, not yeah, a Yesterday was a busy day. In the business for nothing. Did my phone just make that sound? That was your phone, yeah. I hope that wasn't on the air. I don't know what happened. Just My phone just made a very loud noise. Okay. Well, I don't think it was off the air. I don't know. Well, I just meant, was that audible? Oh, so now you're here. paying attention? <laughs> I said yesterday was a busy day. Today, I'm, I've been freed up. Was your phone making a louder noise than all the other phones? He's got a Dak Prescott. Yes. Earlier this, this morning on this program, uh, we had a healthy debate over whether or not it is possible to laugh too loudly at a comedy show. I strongly believe 
And the answer is no. But I have been waiting since Saturday afternoon to say the following. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. I thought Oregon-Washington was an unbelievably good college football game. Did you watch that game? Every snap. It was a sensational game. Exciting to the final second. And when it ended and Oregon had lost, I knew that their coach, Dan Lanning, was going to take a clobbering because people mindlessly just react to the result of how things go and they wind up just, if he had won that game, then he was a genius. But for those of you who didn't watch it, he coached very aggressively. He coached to win. He eschewed a field goal opportunity at the end of the first half, trying to score a touchdown, wasn't able to do it. Again, in a game that everyone knew was going to wind up in the 30s or the 40s. What was the final score? 36-33. 36-33. So this was not last night. This was not 20-17. to This was a game where both teams led by great quarterbacks. That kid Penix is a stud. stud. Bo Nix is a stud. So a really good game in which you got to win it with touchdowns, not field goals. He also went for it. Late in the game, for those of you who didn't see it, very late in the game, on a fourth and three at around midfield, he went for it rather than punting with about two minutes left in the game, didn't get it. Washington went down and scored candidly too fast. And so Oregon still had a chance to win and they weren't able to get it done. But one way or another, those were two of the very aggressive decisions he made during the game. And of course, Twitter is immediately pounding him because, again, people just react to the result. And I was not willing to do that. He was so beaten down by it. And this is my unsolicited advice. He basically apologized He essentially said afterwards, yeah, maybe looking back on it, I made some mistakes. I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. And so my unsolicited advice to Dan Lanning, who's a person I've never met in my entire life, is don't ever apologize for coaching your team in such a way that you're giving them a chance to win. He coached to win that game, not to hope they didn't lose. He's got great players, great kids. He put them in a position to go out and win the game. It didn't happen because sometimes it doesn't. But you know what? If you have 16 and the dealer has a king, you take a card. You might bust, but you're much better off doing that than you are hoping that the dealer winds up getting a three and then a queen. That, that's just, it's the right way to do it, even if sometimes it doesn't work. So I posted immediately, because I was watching all of this, I posted, Dan Lanning going to get a lot of questions about everything he left on the field, but not for me. He coached to give his team a chance to win, not to hope they didn't lose. Sometimes it goes the other way. I thought each decision was the right one at the time, and I got obliterated. If you look at the responses, I got to that. Just go to my Twitter, at ESPN Greeny. This is, you know, however many days ago this was. It's, uh, well, whatever, 7.29 p.m. on on Saturday. Um, I just got obliterated. People are just disagreeing, disagreeing, disagreeing with me like crazy, calling me stupid. This is why you never played. This is why you don't know anything. All of that kind of stuff. Lanning was coaching for clicks. I think a lot of people also were into being down on him because he was the one who said the nasty things about Dion, which I didn't like either. So candidly, I was kind of inclined to root against them in that game because I didn't like the way he handled the Dion game. But fair is fair. This guy coached, I thought, coached the game right. He gave his team a chance to win, and I do not like that afterwards he felt bullied, I thought, into apologizing for trying to win the game. Neither did I. I, I, I could not possibly agree with you more. Like, on balance, 
on balance, when, when you're in a fourth and short situation in a game, so long as you're not backed up, what the numbers say in terms of win probability, in terms of win probability, not in terms of not lose probability, is that you should go for it. The problem is we spent our whole life watching football and we've spent our whole life watching football coaches punt on fourth and short. That's wrong. We now have enough data that say in certain situations like these, you are maximizing your chances to win by going for it. Everything is a trade-off. In this case, they went 0 for 3. But if they go, say, 1 for 3 or 2 for 3 in these situations, then they win the game on a road against a top 10 team. And that's the reason why, right? So when, when something happens that is averse to what we're used to seeing happen, and then it fails, it's, oh, analytics, right? But if he winds up going for it, it's either not mentioned or you, bra- uh, you sort of go bravo for your, you know, for your courageousness. Can't have it both ways. You can't play the outcomes. You can, not not you to, to mention first the fact this stuff. that they had a makeable field goal that should have tied the game anyway. That's true. I mean, they, they lose the game because the kicker misses a kick. And so I guess I like, I'd rather have the coach fall on his own sword than blame the kid. Sure. But at the end of the day, I, did Bubba and Cam, did you guys see that game? Were you watching it by any chance? Did you have I any reaction? Not. Uh, I didn't see either. I was at the USA Germany game. No big deal. But I, I, I'm aware of the uh, what happened, and I agree with you for Lenny. I think it's kind of the same thing with uh, we've been saying all all the time with with Detroit. You know, they they play hard. I feel like they play harder for their coach because what Dan Campbell does and and makes some of these decisions that he he's a player's coach and he's making some of these decisions that you know in the, in the moment they they may not end up working out, but he's making some of the decisions that you know you can't play you can't play the result. You know. He's putting his team in the best chance to win, and the players love it, and I think that's what you have to look at. And I, I, I think they were the, the, the right decision. So Bubba, who had, did not see the game, mm. is 100% on Dan Lanning's USA, side. USA, Germany? Yeah. What, where was that? Uh, I was at, it was in East Hartford where uh, UConn plays. Uh, most little soccer game, sold out, no big, no big deal. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I mean, was that a fun? That was fun. P- Pulisic scored, a, a, a yeah. pouring you know. rain it Saturday raining, afternoon. Yeah. It was Light rain or some drizzle. It's not light rain. I got. I will play golf through light rain. There was no golf to be played, at least down here. Well, yeah, I don't know. you're in Manhattan. I'm in uh, East Hartford. I don't think we have the exact same precipitation <laughs> at the same time. Obviously not. Well, many people don't know this, but Bubba was a meteorologist before his career in radio production. So I guess you do probably have a better idea of all of that than I do. I all guess. Right, quick picks tonight. Phillies at home, talk to me. The Phillies are going to take a two games to nothing lead with Aaron Nola on the bump against Merrill Kelly. I think you'll see Schwarber and you'll see Harper and maybe some of the other lefties in that lineup pop another home run. Cam? Yeah, Phillies win. They usually lose game two, but they're usually on the road for game twos. This is one of their first home game twos in a while, so I think they get it. You feel confident in, 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 the, in the series big picture? Yeah, I do. They're so incredibly hard to beat at Citizens Bank Park. We will see, and I know one thing for sure. We'll be the place to talk about it tomorrow. If you get a chance today... Laugh. Laugh loudly. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.